0: Next on BYUSN, the Cougars' first preseason All Big 12 teams are out. Which Cougars were named, and how many made it? Plus, one report says a
1: team out of the Pac 12 is going to commit to the Big 12, quote unquote, soon. Which team is it, and do we
0: like it? Hey, welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, May 24th. I am Jeremy Jordan, teamed up with backflipping analyst Jason Shepard. I'm not backflip guy. I'm too scared to, I'm too scared to do it. Are you front flip, guy?
1: Okay, here's the thing. Growing up, you know, you, as one does, you have a trampoline, right? Mm-hmm. I can do the front flip fine, from my feet, feet to feet. Mm-hmm. Backflip, I'm too scared to do it. I don't want a scorpion. So I, basically the only way I would do a backflip on the tramp would be to lay on, fall on the back and then flip the rest, the rest of the way over. Okay. That's the only way I would do a backflip. Okay. Yeah, That is not the case with uh Cosmo and Kyle Vanoi though yesterday.
0: This was this was out of the uh the golf tournament. <laughs> Look at this. At Cedar Hills Golf Club with the corporate sponsorship team. Cosmo's Cosmo's unbelievable. Yes. So uh, a Ute friend of mine said, how do they get Wait, what? Yeah You, you have a Ute me- friend? Yeah. They he said how does how does Cosmo get so athletic? And here's Kyle trying. <laughs> hey, I give him credit for even trying. Yes. I, I was also like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Should you be doing this? I was bought in that he was gonna go for the full. That back he was win. doing it.
1: Yes, yeah. yes.
0: He start. He started like he was. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Cosmo's the greatest. Kavanoy. But yes, all the Cosmos. Yeah. Crazy athletic. Crazy good dancers. That's, oh my. Gosh. I've heard people say that about all me. The things crazy that athletic. We are not.
1: <laughs> Nobody's ever said that about me. All right, on today's show, we react to the uh, all Big 12 team from Athlon Sports. Oh yeah. This the season. Oh, it's here. Yeah. It is here. Uh, Kelly Ford joins us to discuss some uh, not so optimistic projections for BYU football in year 1 in the Big 12, plus a certain Pac-12 is a a certain Pac-12 team primed to make a jump to the Big 12. Nice, Shep. Yes, and uh, we'll also be talking with uh, Cougar high jumper Sierra Tidwell Alfin. She will join us from Sacramento to preview the NCAA West prelims for BYU track and field. All rise and shout.
0: It's time for What's Trending.
2: Touchdown, Cody Epps. Oh my gosh, the Put it on a dash. gas. high water on the interception. Be my to shake.
0: What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Okay, we're going to get the magazines in the next couple of weeks and months right. We're going to have the preseason All-Big 12 teams officially, probably from the coaches uh, and or media. Athlon Sports is the first to release the preseason All-Big 12 teams in their opinion. Eight Cougars made the cut. Here we go on offense. Aiden Robbins on the second team. Cody Epps, third team. Kingsley Suamati on the third team. Connor Pay on the fourth team. On defense, Tyler Batty, Ben Bywater, Micah Harper all on the fourth team. Special teams, Hobbs, Nyberg, fourth team. I didn't know they'd go that deep to right. a fourth team, but yes. there we are. I like it. Shep, what do you think of the first All-Big 12 anything, which sounds great. Yes. All-Big 12, it's happening. There, there's, there's more than – Exactly where everybody landed,
1: just the fact that BYU was on the preseason All-Big 12. The funniest part about this was this: I was not expecting this. Because you get into a rhythm, and with BYU even being in the WCC for the last you know decade plus, you, you get into it like, okay, well, we're getting close to basketball season, so I wonder who's on the preseason. You go through all these other sports that you're used to getting the preseason teams. It's been so long since we've seen this for BYU football that when I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. This still happens. So there was this excitement, this rush of excitement when I saw it. Um, And, and yeah, I I will be honest with you. The one thing that really stood out to me that I really expected to be much higher was Kingsley Mm Suamata'ia, higher than third team. That's probably one that I – and maybe second team was probably what I thought. But we're talking about a guy here that right now is being talked about, granted, a year in advance but it's for for reasons that we all know because he's really really good being talked about as as a first round draft pick and maybe even a top 15 draft pick. So I was a bit surprised that Kingsley was just 13 but you know, I'm still in the just happy to be here phase, so I'm not going to complain too much. Are you going to be in that phase all year? Uh, possibly. It's, yeah. a, it's a real chance.
0: We haven't cared about all independent anything for a long time. I think maybe the first year or two, we were like, oh, this is cool. It's like us, Notre Dame, and like some other people. Yeah. Um, we have not cared for a full decade about any all conference anything right. relative to independence because there's like five or six teams, whatever. This now becomes exciting, more exciting, because it's not only a league, but it's. league that is power five and we've waited for this moment for BYU is Aiden Robbins BYU's best offensive player that's what Athlon is saying right here against the field I'm assuming they go with two running backs on the first team two on the second team see a top four running back in the big 12 Um, I think that would be incredible and that certainly sets BYU's offense up if that is the case I would love to think that BYU has one of the top uh, you know if they go three per team nine receivers in the big 12 if Cody Epps is a third team guy I'm with you on Kingsley Suamata'ia. If he is a first-round pick, we would hope he'd be on the top two teams. Yep. Uh, if you're going, uh, you know, one left tackle on the first team, another on the second team. Maybe it's not common knowledge that he's moved to left tackle. Connor Pay on the fourth. Listen, BYU going to be in a league where many of these guys, we're going to watch the NFL draft next year in a very different way, where we'll go, oh, yeah, that guy was awesome at yeah. Oklahoma State. That guy was awesome at TCU that we maybe haven't watched uh, before. And uh, on defense, having three guys there, I like that too. I would love to have Eddie Heckard perhaps in the mix there as one of the top BYU players. But I love the idea that, uh, you know, Ben Bywater to me is probably BYU's best player at his position on the team at the moment. Hoping that Tyler Batty's awesome, um, that Isaiah Banya is awesome, that Micah Harper is awesome as well at safety. Hobbs Nyberg as a returner there, certainly. But when we're breaking down fourth team, Special teams, maybe that's too much. <laughs> but it's fun to see all Big 12-something, the individuals of BYU thriving. Offensively, BYU's really been good the last couple of years, obviously on the field, but also in the draft. So we'll see what this means. And we're going to just, we have not had this in 12 yearship, yep. which is we care about another group of, yes. of people in football in a different way. Like, we'd watch consistently with Boise State kind of, because you play him every year, but kind of Utah and kind of Utah State. Every year, we're looking at everybody. Oh, so-and-so left. Like when, when uh, you know, uh, who was it? What's his name? Tyler Dickinson or whatever from Michigan? Hunter Dickinson? Transferred to Kansas. I go, oh, crap. He's going to Kansas. Right. Now we, yeah. we might play him. BYU might play him. It's just that context shapes the fandom in a new way in football, which is very exciting.
1: Yeah, the the fun part about these, especially if it's not where you maybe had initially wanted or hoped to see them, is to then compare this at the end of the year where everybody, you know, lands. And then you can see where, okay, well, this was the thought about this player before. This is how the season turned out. And I think that's kind of the fun part about it is to kind of store these away put it to the side, and at the end of the year, see where everything pans out, see how accurate it was, yes. who made teams that um, that weren't on any of these lists, who mm-hmm. had those seasons that nobody saw coming, yep. all of that. And I'm with you. Just And we had, even in the WCC, obviously we paid attention to, you know, Pepperdine and Gonzaga and St. Mary's and San Francisco. And so you yes. get to learn. But it's it's different. It's different with football. Mm-hmm. It's different in terms of how much – you really get into that specifically and it's and it's just something we haven't had for more than a decade so to be back into that groove and being able to fall like we used to with Wyoming and you know Air Force and Colorado State all those schools like those natural rivalries and how are they doing and oh no man they they did better than we did like all that stuff's back on the table now
0: I love it okay looking at last year's big 12. Teams, uh, you know, one quarterback, two running backs, a fullback, three receivers, a tight end, five, maybe six, O line, five O line. They go a little like they have like five D linemen on the uh, second team and three linebackers. So I don't know. We're running a five-three-five in uh, <laughs> on the all uh, Big 12 defense. All good. Going to be fun to watch that. Obviously, it's early and there's going to be all kinds of projections that come out. But the Aiden Robbins second team one that tells us a lot about what Athlon Sports thinks of Aiden Robbins. If he can be a top four running back in the Big 12, that is great news for Keaton Slovis and the BYU offense. And it says a lot about the expectation of the O-line. There's this narrative from Aaron Roderick that, hey, they're really good. And last year, I think that might have been the best O-line BYU's ever had, perhaps. The metrics were really good. I would love to see uh, the running game be awesome this year. The
1: the interesting part about it is when the transfer portal began – the offensive line was a massive concern for me. When, when, when BYU totally. lost the Blarington... The Blarington. The Barrington brothers. Once you
0: transfer, we <laughs> mispronounce your name
1: by one letter.
0: The Barrington the Blarington brothers. brothers are at Blaler.
1: Yeah. So... <laughs> I, like I thought, oh no! Yeah. Like this is a massive loss. BYU has rebounded very nicely to the point yeah. I am not
0: concerned about the offensive line anymore, which is wild because they yes. lost four, three yes. of its five starters and four of the top six.
1: But the yeah. guys that came in, Caleb Etienne, the guys that were that were in the program already that are returning, Kingsley. Obviously, we've talked a lot yes. about him. That 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 is now a, a position of strength in my opinion, and a couple months ago, I was really concerned with the guys that, that BYU yeah. had lost. No longer am I concerned about the offensive line. So that speaks then to, you know, what you were talking about, and aiding a guy like Aiden Robbins at the running back position and the Paul, ground game in Paul general.
0: Paul life from Utah, William yes. Lapuahu yep. from Utah State, Ian Fitzgerald from Missouri State bunch of these guys. Jake Eichhorn uh, from Weaver State. A lot of, lot of talent coming in that really bolstered that group. And they're deep. Yeah. They might be the deepest position of BYU. All
1: right. Let's stay with the Big 12 conversation. A friend of the program, Barry Tremel of the Oklahoman, reported that a Big 12 source told him that Colorado is ready to commit to joining the Big 12 soon. Would you like Colorado to come back to the Big 12?
0: Yeah, I I think it's a natural fit. I don't think they ever really fit in the Pac-12. And uh, I think it'd be fine. You'd have a travel partner out west with BYU. um, Certainly still far away, uh, all things considered, but much closer than uh, a lot of the other schools. I'd be fine with that. Um, I don't know when that would happen, how many years it would take, if it'd be like in 25 or whatever. What would Utah do without a rival, though? Oh, my gosh, what would they do? Who cares? Um, Oh, my gosh, who cares? Um, Colorado in the Big 12 would be great. I think that'd be a good fit. Did they add a ton, like, competitively? No. Uh, because no, they will. struggled. They will. I believe in Coach Prime.
1: This guy, this guy I is going to He's going to be somewhere stuff. else
0: in three years. Oh, that's like, fine. By the time Colorado gets into the Big 12, I don't even know if Deion Sanders would be the head coach at Colorado. But, but what it means uh, is... Coach Prime. Nice. Th- th- uh, thank you. Um, I don't know what, <laughs> um, you know, this means for the Pac-12, but... Do they add San Diego State? And then it's like, well, we're still at 10 when USC and UCLA move. Is this the first puzzle piece to potentially move? Also, this isn't the first time we've been told that someone might move right. soon. We were told Gonzaga might be in the Big 12 soon, and that was a few months ago from Stuart Mandel. That piece hasn't, um, of the puzzle hasn't happened quite yet. So we'll see. There's a lot of, a lot of fodder out yeah. there with UConn, San Diego State, Colorado now. Um, you know, show me when it happens, and then we'll see what the uh, domino effect is. I, I
1: do like the idea of it. If BYU, or excuse me, if the Big Twelve is going to expand, I'm perfectly fine with the Big Twelve as it is, even with, when Texas and Oklahoma leave. I, I'm okay if that's You're what they content. ultimately decide. At twelve, to stick with those twelve, I'm fine. I'm, I'm to- Brett, your mark is not fine. I, I, well, look, and, and look, right. I, look in in Brett, we trust because look, that's. He's done remarkable things so far. So whatever they decide to do, I trust his judgment based off of what we've seen so far. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine if they stay with the 12 once Texas and Oklahoma leave. But I do like the, the idea of if Colorado is going to be the... The team, one of the teams that come in, I do like that. I, I like it for some of the reasons. Even though travel partners really don't mean much anymore because all these conferences are so spread out anyway. And yeah, you have since you know Cincinnati was talked Olympic about sports. that it does help West Virginia, even though they're not right next to each other, they are close. So it gives you some sort of you know closeness you with another program. Boys, yes. Yeah, yeah. So so for those reasons, I like it. I, I I agree with you. They they never felt like they were a fit. In, in the Pac-12, the fact that they were in the Big 12 before, it would make for a very easy transition to go back. Um, that doesn't always happen where you, you spurn a conference and then they welcome you back. And it, it feels like that would be a school that, that everybody would be okay to bring back in. Yeah. You know, it would be nice to be able to have you know the Denver market, and be able to still be able to pay attention to things that are going on there. So I, I do Mainly like for the Jimmer, from yeah, our and for Jimmer because yeah. Jimmer obviously lives in Colorado. So yeah, I, I like the idea if it happens.
0: And would they be the only school added? Like, I don't see why the Big Twelve would add one school. Yeah, I would add another school. Colora- with them. Colorado, Arizona. If you're gonna go, are you gonna own just but, from the pac Twelve, or is it Colorado, Yukon? A lot of are s- Arizona smoke and around UConn, Arizona State yeah. together in what they do because BYU and Utah were not. So perhaps there's a one-school thing there. Is it San Diego State? Do you just go and grab that Pacific Time Zone team that you've craved? Um, Granted, you really want Oregon and Washington probably. But um, if and until then, do you just go get those two? You take the next best option for the Pac-12 and you take an existing piece of the Pac-12. And now uh, they are not only down to nine, but they don't have that expansive piece to add to 10. That makes sense, unless you're going to add a Fresno State or a UNLV or whatever. SMU. So so that – SMU. Yeah, SMU in the mix as well. But, again, nothing's happened quite yet. Uh, Do we think something will happen before July 1st, by the way, given the TV contract thing with San uh, San Diego State needing to pay the Mountain West 17 mil, but that goes to 51 by July 1st? Uh, uh, We
1: keep – I keep getting this feeling like it has to happen now, right? It has to happen soon, right? But nothing's <laughs> happened to what you were saying. Things but, but you're quickly. right. But when there's a, a deadline and there's a financial implication to it, it's amazing how quickly decisions get made.
0: My understanding is, if if they don't, they'd have to wait until like Correct. 25 right. or something, um, or or later.
1: That makes sense that we would see something. But the Pac-12's what? not the Pac-12's not going to do something. If, if they're they, not going to do something. If, well, okay, we'll get into <laughs> They there. haven't yet. If, if, they're not, if they don't like what they have, regardless right. of whether or not it's their only option or not,
0: right? they yeah. may drag their it's feet longer than what we've even seen. Absolute mess right now. Our question of the day, do you like the idea of Colorado rejoining the Big 12? Oh, like three years ago. I never thought this would be a question of the day. David Moore on Instagram, Colorado coming back to the Big 12 will be the first domino to fall in the vacuum of inviting BYU back in 2021. Provo has been the epicenter of Big 12 open for business. Placards. Within Pac-12 territory, the Arizona schools will also come, and with uh, Big Ten interest in Washington and Oregon, there will be an all-out blitz on Utah. Interesting. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Join us Friday for a BYU
1: Sports Nation special as we uh, take a look back at the 2020 Cougar football team and how they overcame a pandemic to deliver a memorable season. Watch at noon Eastern on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio.
0: Coming up next, Kelly Ford of K-Ford Ratings joins the program. What do his numbers say about the Cougars' first year in the Big 12? This is
3: BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. You talking down on us, we live it up. You talking down
4: on us, we live it up. You talking down on us, we live it up. I'm talking way up. Way up. I'm talking way up. Way up. I'm talking, way up, way, up. I'm talking way, up, way up. I'm talking way
0: up. We are in Studio B with your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, Jerem Jordan alongside Shep. Let's bring in Kelly Ford of K-Ford Ratings as our first guest of the day. Talk about some numbers that he's seeing with BYU and teams in the Big 12. So Kelly, thanks for joining the program. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Jerem, Jason, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk some BYU. Okay, we don't like all of these numbers, but let's (laughs) talk about them because
0: BYU is certainly first year in the Big 12, trying to navigate it. We've had expectations low. These numbers certainly validate those. What are some of the numbers that you've computed and what you think BYU will do this first year in the Big 12?
2: Yeah, so BYU is making a big jump coming into the Big 12, as you all know. Um, It's an exciting time for the program, for the institution, uh, but I do think it might be a little bit of a rocky start as they get going into Big 12 play. My number is currently projecting BYU – to be right around 60 in my power ratings, and I think we'll get into a little bit of of how I compute those. This is going to be a pretty good offense, though, You know, a top 40 offensive unit. My concern with BYU is really the defense. I currently have them in the mid-80s projecting in terms of defensive efficiency. So when you're playing in the Big 12 and you're playing against all those high-profile offenses, my numbers have uh, BYU playing the 14th most difficult aggregated offense. So if you look at all the offenses that BYU is playing and compare that to what all the other offenses that every other team at FBS is playing it's the 14th most difficult schedule against uh, opposing offenses so that defense is is the cause for concern for me looking at about 4.8 average wins um, so it, it could be tough but my numbers do miss from time to time and I hope for, for everyone's sake here on this in this show that I'm wrong <laughs> on BYU
1: Well Kelly you touched on it a second ago what goes into these numbers because I, obviously I realize you know everybody kind of has their own way of doing this and some things are weighted heavier than others. So how, how do you come to your numbers?
2: Yeah, for sure. And so there's a lot of people out there that do the power ratings, as you mentioned there. Um, I, I really modeled my stuff after uh, Bill Connolly, who does SP plus and Brian from O who does FBI. So those are kind of the two folks that I used as I got going in the space a handful of years ago now. So we're in the preseason right now. So preseason versus in season is very different. But to generate the preseason numbers, I'm really looking at three things. Returning production. So who do you have coming back? And I capture transfers in and out in that calculation. It's become increasingly difficult in recent years with the uh, increased usage of the transfer portal as as well as the one-time free transfer. And then also you throw on top of that the COVID year of eligibility where 2020 didn't count. Um, So trying to figure out just who's coming back and where are they landing out of the portal has become its own exercise. But that's the biggest chunk, and then after that, I also use a weighted four-year recruiting average. So, how well has your team replaced talent that it's lost uh, from the from the recruiting ranks in the last four years? And also, your your recent K-Forward rating. So, it's weighted again. Your most recent four years of year-end K-Forward rating. How does that compare relative to everybody else nationally? So, um, that's how I get my preseason numbers. Of course, once we get going in the season, the preseason component gets devalued, de-weighted, and phased out as we replace it with in-season data, which of course is where we want to be as we're actually playing the games. Which is the
0: point of all of this, but hey, it's May 24th, we've got to talk about something. We love it. Uh, I love the numbers. So talk to us about, you have 26% chance of winning four games, 27% chance of winning five games, and then bowl eligibility, which is what we're calling for, hey, get to a bowl game that would be good enough, is 28%. How do you feel about, I guess, the Cougars' chances of of doing that? Because that number to us maybe feels a little low. We're we're thinking more kind of fifty to seventy percent chance.
2: Yeah. So what I'm able to do with my power ratings is generate a um, projected line for each game involving FBS and FCS teams. New this year, I have some um, some rough FCS estimates that I can put in there and help help create projected lines for all games involving an FBS team. And so from that, I'm able to generate a uh, expected win probability for every single game. So when you look at the totality of BYU's schedule this year and how how it all lays out, that's how you get to those percentages that you referenced. And it can be found, uh, BYU's dashboard can be found on my website at kfordratings.com. That's what I'm looking at over here on another screen as my eyes wander away. Um, but yeah, 27% chance for exactly five wins is the um, single greatest expected outcome uh, in terms of singular wins, uh, win totals, but a 56% chance to win five plus, And then you get to that 28% chance to win six plus. And the reason for that really is, for BYU, you start the year week one at home to Sam Houston. I've got you as big favorites in that. 23 uh, Favored by 23 points, that's a 95% expected win probability. Then you got Southern Utah coming in the next week. 39 is the line there for me, a 99% win probability. The problem for BYU is that after that, my numbers actually don't favor the Cougars at any single game the rest of the way. Now, you're not going to lose every single game that you're an underdog in. We know that. So my numbers are expecting, on average, about three more wins from the schedule after that. But every single game, as it projects right now, after week two, I actually have BYU as an underdog right now. That could change, of course, as we get going in the season and we phase out the preseason information with the in-season data. Maybe BYU's playing at a, at a higher rate, a higher efficiency than I expect. And, and those numbers are, of course, subject to change as we get going in the season.
1: You know, obviously, when you're when you're doing this for for a conference – Each team's going to have its own individual variables, which is what we talked about in terms of what, you know, what they bring to the table. Where do the other schools that are in the same situation as BYU that are making this jump into the P5 level, where where do they stand in comparison to what you have for BYU?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, and I've been um, – It's it, there's a lot of change in college athletics in terms of membership and conference affiliation. So I've learned as we've undergone some of these changes in recent years. Last year with James Madison coming from the FCS, of course, we have two more this year doing that as well. Um, my process is constantly evolving. I'm constantly learning, so I feel like I'm in a better place now than I was a year ago trying to deal with teams changing conferences and really changing levels of competition, if you will, from G5 to Power 5 or FCS to FBS. But the other three newcomers to the Big 12, UCF is projecting as the best team in my power rating set right now of these four. I currently have them power rated in the mid-30s. Offense is a top 40 unit. Defense is a top 50 unit. Um, They have a 90% chance to go bowling by my number 7.4 is the expected wins. Then you've got Cincinnati, who's really helped by a a, a really weak schedule. If I'm being honest, Um, their schedule grades out as the 60th most difficult in all of FBS. There are 69 power teams, power five teams. So there's only nine. Power five teams that have a, quote, easier schedule than Cincinnati, um, just how it all broke this year. So projecting them in the mid-40s, a really good defense, top 25 unit. It's actually their offense that gives me a little pause for concern in the mid-60s. 6.7 projected wins. And then Houston, probably the closest comp to BYU right now in terms of the power ratings. I have them power rated in the mid-50s, a great offense, top 50 unit. But the defense is really concerning to me. They're sub-100 on the defensive side of the ball right now. I think they could really struggle to stop opposing offenses in the Big 12 um, this year. I'm looking at 5.3 projected wins for Houston, and they have a 44% chance by my numbers to go bowling this year.
0: We're talking to Kelly Ford of K-Ford Ratings, college football numbers guy. Okay, this is interesting because when you project something, Texas and Oklahoma are always going to be considered near the top, even though Texas... Hasn't done a ton and hasn't won the league the last couple Texas years. Texas is back, right? But they're always <laughs> talented, right? Those recruiting classes are ridiculous. Oklahoma is always what seems like on the fringe, but last year was a struggle in first year under Brent Venerables. Then there was TCU came out of literally nowhere to uh, uh, go to the national championship game. What are you thinking uh, kind of shakes out in the Big 12 this year?
2: I can promise you both that nobody dislikes the fact that Texas and Oklahoma end up high in my power ratings more than me. The amount of time, <laughs> the, the amount of time that I have to spend on Twitter, and I've, I've honestly stopped over the years, but trying to defend the numbers and what they say about these teams, when you think about what goes into the power ratings that I talked about earlier, specifically in the preseason, the, the three inputs that, that, that go into there. Texas and Oklahoma grayed out very well in those three things. Texas has been a habitual underachiever for the last decade. Oklahoma, of course, had a down year last year um, under a new coaching staff. I expect Venables to get things going there in Norman sooner than later, and they need to because they're getting ready to make the jump to the SEC, right? But for this year in particular, I'm really excited about the, the Big 12 membership I personally think Texas and Oklahoma belong in the Big 12. I think they should stay in the Big 12. I work in college athletics full-time, so I need to be careful about what I say. But I think that's the way it's meant to be. I'm disappointed they're going to the SEC, but I'm excited for this year. Texas-Oklahoma grayed out on top for me um, for the reasons we just mentioned. We'll see if it actually pans out. I have been known to say Texas is back before. Um, it hasn't worked out. Again, they're they're a top-10 team for me coming into this year. Oklahoma, a top-15 team. You mentioned TCU. Last year, they did come out of nowhere. They were my number one overachiever in all of FBS last year. My numbers going into last year projected 6.1, 6.4 wins for TCU. Of course, in the regular season, of course they go undefeated, twelve and zero, make the championship game, make the CFP. Um, and so they were the number one overachiever by my numbers. If we're looking for, I have them this year projected third in the Big Twelve. If we're looking for a team that might do something similar this year. Oklahoma State reminds me a little bit of TCU based on where they are currently power rated and where TCU was last year. I'm not predicting that Oklahoma State's going to go on a run and make the Big 12 Championship game, make the CFP. I'm looking at, you know, maybe 5th in the Big 12. Um, in terms of the standings, I have them power rated in the mid 30s, but you look at that schedule; it's 64th most difficult, so only it's even easier than Cincinnati's. And I talked about how easy theirs was. So I think the schedule sets up in such a way that Oklahoma State might have a chance to maybe make some noise. They miss Texas in Big 12 play, which I think is huge for your for your prospects. So yeah, the Big 12. It's unpredictable. It's exciting. It's one of my favorite conferences out there, and I, I can't wait for this one year. We're gonna have the 14-team Big 12. I think it's gonna be great. And if I'm being completely honest, I wouldn't be mad if Texas and Oklahoma both missed out on the championship game on their way out the door. Um, <laughs> because I, I am a little bitter. I'm a little bitter that they're leaving.
1: Look, like is one more question before we let you go. The, the thing that we really want to know, and our fans want to know, please just at least tell us that you think the Big 12 is better than the Pac-12 this year, right?
2: Oh, not just this year. They have been for quite some time. Um, Yeah, the the Big 12 is a very strong conference. Uh, They were among the strongest last year. When you look top to bottom, there's no league that can compare with the Big 12 in football, men's basketball. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, But in football, especially top to bottom, there's no league that can compete with the Big 12. I'm looking at Kansas as my worst power rated team this year. And I know folks in Lawrence are rolling their eyes because they had a great year last year. But My numbers are suggesting that was the anomaly, not the the normal, right? So maybe a little bit of regression to the mean. Still going to be a good team this year. I have them power rated 63rd. There is no other league out there, though, whose worst team, especially in a 14-team league, is power rated at 63. I mean, that is FBS average, and that's your worst. So while the Big 12 might not have – as much firepower at the top when I'm talking you know the very elite teams in college football those reside in the SEC the Big Ten Um, while they might not have a team like that Texas and Oklahoma are going to give it a run this year by my numbers and the bottom is so so strong there's really not much of a comparison based on the numbers between the Big Big 12 and the Pac-12 and that's nothing against the Pac-12 I I like the Pac-12 as well but but the numbers suggest the Big 12 is the clear favorite I'm a little salty at the Pac-12 too or or USC and UCLA for similar reasons Season. So uh, I wouldn't be mad if those teams missed out on the Pac-12 championship this game uh, this year either. But yes, the Big 12 is absolutely one of the strongest conferences in college football. And it's because top to bottom, there's not a bad team.
0: Kelly, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> uh, no, that was good stuff. We appreciate the time. Of course, check your stuff out on kfordratings.com. Kelly Ford, thanks for coming on the program.
2: Jerem, Jason, I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck with everything. Look forward to seeing BYU this year in the Big 12. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks,
0: Kelly. Good stuff, man. And stuff. listen, I've said it before on the show. That like a certain number or a certain metric. It isn't everything, but it's something. Hopefully BYU has a better chance than twenty eight percent to go bowling. Yeah, we certainly that we, number feels low. It, it does feel. But low. that's what he's saying based on the production. But that's why we play the games. That's why that's why, and you that's do it. why TCU had an incredible run last year. Who knows, man. Who knows? Let's just get
1: in and start playing. That's that's what that's what I want. We're Let's still just start out, unfortunately. playing. Let's, Let's just get start into playing. the Big
0: 12 officially. It's
1: true. July then, 1st. July 1st. It's coming. Yes. All right. From Taysom Hill to Jamal Williams to Kyle Benoy and more, BYU Sports Nation looks back at all the best players at each position to play for BYU football in the decade of the 2010s. Watch the All Decade Team this Memorial Day Monday at noon Eastern on BYU TV and listen on BYU
0: Radio. Coming up, which Cougar received the final West Coast Conference Player of the Year award? Yeah, it's that man. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok.
0: Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Jeremy, he's Jason. Let's get to today's headlines.
1: Athlon Sports announced its All Big 12 teams, as mentioned earlier in the program. On offense, Aiden Robbins on the second team. Third team goes to Cody Epps and Kingsley Suamataia. Connor Pay was named to the fourth team. On the defensive side of the ball, Tyler Batty, Ben Bywater, and Micah Harper all named to the All Big 12 fourth team. Hobbs Nyberg for special teams on the fourth team. And also, this just uh, coming down uh, within the last uh, 20 minutes, BYU football announced the signing of Juco transfer tight end Ray Paulo this morning. Paulo, a native of American Samoa, comes to BYU from Allen Hancock College like Hancock. in Santa Maria, California. He had 26 receptions for 379 and four touchdowns last season. Excellent Tommy Boy reference.
0: BYU statsman tweets that Paulo is the eighth Cougar to come from American Samoa, first from uh, since Sean in 2004. Baseball West Coast Conference awards are out. Congrats to Austin Deming, co-player of the year yep. and a first-teamer. He Hello. Monster year. Cooper Vest on the second team. Luke Anderson was on the freshman team. Cole Gamble and Boston Mabius honorably mentioned.
1: Jimmer, we mentioned him earlier in the show, who lives in Colorado, uh, earns a spot on the USA 3 on 3 World Cup team. This will be the same team that actually won gold at the 2022 FIBA 3 on 3 AmeriCup. The World Cup 2023 begins May 30th in Vienna, Austria.
0: They can ask the uh, what soccer team about Austria. That's, That's right, they were just there a couple weeks ago. Any advice there? Good place to eat. Men's and women's track and field begin competition at the NCA West preliminaries today. We'll talk to Sierra Tidwell Alfin coming up. 19 Cougars are competing in 13 men's events beginning at 4.30 East.
1: BYU tennis coach Dave Porter retires, coach Porter retired, or excuse me, spent 33 seasons as the head coach of BYU Hawaii's tennis teams before the last three years here in Provo. His overall record of 1,438 wins to 223 losses it makes him the winningest head coach in NCAA tennis history.
0: Cody Feger is one of 75 assistant coaches on the impactful mid-majors assistant list. I didn't know that BYU was a mid-major. Uh, they have been, but yeah, they, so is this they, for not, last? Is this retroactively yeah. uh, looking forward? Uh, congratulations to Cody, though. Yes, Cody he deserves... is a fantastic yes. assistant coach, and we've really enjoyed now the second stint of Cody at BYU. Yeah, he deserves every accolade that he has given.
1: Uh, Harris Lachance was waived this morning by the Indianapolis Colts. The former Cougar offensive
0: lineman signed with the Colts earlier this month as an undrafted free agent. Best of luck to Harris. Hopefully, another team gives him a chance out there. Let's go. Here are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Good Whip Round is presented by Marisk, our e-commerce logistics shipping partner. What's on the whip? Zach Wilson had a good day of practice yesterday
1: at Jets OTAs, according to multiple Jets beat writers after Aaron Rodgers tweaked his cap. So is Zach having good practices and getting first team reps while remaining the backup the best case scenario for him this season?
0: The best case scenario is that he gets starting playing time and is awesome. Um, (laughs) I know that's what's best case scenario for what he wants. But realistically, doing whatever it takes to get him back into a position to thrive is good. Some of that is Zach's play, first and foremost. Secondarily is the Jets putting him in a position to succeed. Um, And so hopefully they've made the tweaks that, that do that. Part of that is a new OC. Part of that is strengthening the offensive line. And then uh, just some time away to be able to watch, perhaps, is the thing that does him good. We'll see.
1: Yeah, look, he he is in a good situation here. This is an opportunity that, if if everyone handles it right, and I'm talking about the Jets and all the quarterbacks, like this could be very, very good for Zach Wilson and and his career long term. I, I, we're all pulling for Zach and hope that it is a really good situation and this all
0: works out for him. I just wonder if it's with the Jets. Yep. Yeah, just, you never know. Yeah. just he's a, he yeah, just I wants a of know, to play. know though. It's the Jets. He wants a chance to play. Yeah, uh, probably not with the Jets. Are. AI generated images of BYU's first five games on the schedule have come out. Uh, starting with Sam Houston. What do you think of these? I think they're awesome looking. Very fierce. I uh, I yeah, like the, that one. That's the, Sam, the Houston. Sam Houston. Bobcats, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the rest of them. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the others. Do we? Is this the only one we? There we go. Okay. This is for Southern Utah. Southern Utah. The, is that supposed to be a Thunderbird? That one you know, kind of makes me sad. 70 to that, 28. That
1: one kind of makes me sad for the Razorback. Won't make me sad that day. <laughs> okay, Kansas. Kansas. I'm kind of curious.
0: Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, and, then then and then Cincinnati. Then <laughs> Cincinnati. <laughs> this this is, is art. This looks is like Is that I thought a of a photo. trash can?
1: Is
0: that blood on its mouth? <laughs> <laughs> well, description
1: <laughs> advice? I, I think it's I think they're cool. I think they do look pretty cool.
0: Um, how much AI content? Is this the new big game boomer? Like for our show? AI co- hey, AI BYU thing. Here it is. We're not even really here. We're both AI today. This is AI. This, this isn't is, that we're not even here. Not Jason, and this is not I am not Jerem. <laughs> I love Dennis Pitta. Coming up, BYU high jumper Sierra Tidwell alphin is ranked third in the nation. How is she preparing for NCA preliminaries? Because hey, Maybe we should win the national championship. This is BYU
3: Sports Nation. Right. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation
0: from Studio B. Jerem joined alongside Shep. Let's bring in live from Sacramento ahead of the NCA preliminaries in NCA track and field, the outdoor championships. Sierra Tidwell often the junior high jumper. From Gilbert, Arizona. Sierra, what's uh, what's going on in Sacramento today? How are you doing?
4: Hey, I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we just got here yesterday. Um, I don't jump till Saturday, so I'm kind of just hanging out, supporting my teammates until then.
1: So, you're going to like go sightseeing with all of your free time? Walk
4: around the,
0: the, the state capital of
1: California?
4: I should. I'm a little bummed we're not as close to the beach, but
0: <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, okay, uh, walk us through your mindset as uh, one of the top high jumpers in the country, ranked, uh, you know, number three in the country right now at a uh, uh, jump of six two. You could jump over both of us. Your mindset going into the prelims to make the uh, try and make the outdoor NCAA championships.
4: Yeah. So high jump is a little different than a lot of events with track and field. We don't have. Prelims, we just go straight to finals, which is nice because our competitions usually take like a few hours. Um, so I'm definitely feeling confident uh, going into regionals. I think I have a good chance of qualifying. So,
1: you know, we obviously know how dominant the the BYU track and field program is, and when when athletes like you come into the program, you come in expecting really, really big things. When you look at the fact that between the men and the women, there's 64 that that have qualified for prelims. This is what you guys expect, isn't it? I mean, you guys have have the history to back up just how good this program is, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely really cool being part of such a dominant program. Um, This is my fourth year at BYU, and I feel like every year I've just seen the team improve. Um, Just kind of an example, last year we chartered our flight and we shared the plane with like a couple other Utah schools, but this year we chartered and we pretty much filled up the whole plane. So I think that's a good sign that we're improving and that we'll be ready for the Big 12.
0: Talk us through your competition and where you fit, obviously ranked third. You've got the second highest jump in BYU history. Uh, You're on the fringe of uh, obviously competing for a national championship, it seems.
4: Yeah. So. Um, I feel like in the past I haven't quite performed how I have wanted, like, at nationals. So this year is definitely to feel happy with my performance, and the goal is kind of to get top five. Um, I mean, top three would be awesome, but that's kind of the goal. So,
1: You know, Sierra, you just touched on something that I wasn't intending to ask you, but now I'm really curious. You talked about excited, you know, for the for the jump to the Big 12 next year. What is track and field like in the Big 12? What what type of competition is there in that conference?
4: Yeah, so ever since I've been at BYU, we haven't really had a conference. Um, our conference was MPSF, and it's kind of, like, not a super competitive meet. Um, like, usually that weekend, it's, like, BYU, Nash-, like, uh, conference champion, like, in almost every event. Um, so going into the Big 12 will definitely give us an advantage um, with that competitive meet, like, the conference weekend is kind of when everyone like pops off and having a big conference like definitely helps everyone perform their best. So,
0: Texas number one in women's. They will host the NC Outdoor Championships. I will just happen to be in Austin that weekend. <laughs> so I'm showing up Saturday. So I expect yeah? to see you, cool. which will be awesome. Okay. <laughs> um, what, walk us through your routine as you approach the high jump. You said it can take a couple of hours. How do you stay ready through that process?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think the best is just kind of oscillating your energy um because it takes like a few hours you don't want to just be like hyped up the whole time because you'll get exhausted um so when i'm not like about to approach the bar i'm just kind of like hanging out with like the other teammates and like trying to keep my mind off it kind of um, but then once i get up to the bar um i usually have about like two cues um they kind of change from meet to meet but this me, I'll probably be thinking about leaning in my curve and kind of being patient um, going up to approach the bar. So,
1: How did you get into this? Is this something you have always done? Is this something that's come naturally? What, what was the start of, of track and field for you?
4: Yeah, so I started in eighth grade. Um, I actually started with cross-country. I'm not sure why. I think some of my friends were doing it. Um, (laughs)
1: Peer pressure then, huh? I hated
4: every second of it. (laughs) And then with cross-country, kind of everyone rolls over to track and field. And so I did that, too. And I found high jump, and I liked it a lot better. So I kind of just stuck with that instead.
0: Is there going to be a point where anybody doesn't do the Fosbury flop? Like, where you just go straight... You know, some people uh, have different ways of doing it, but, like, it, that was discovered, and that's the way you do it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, unless someone has this, like, crazy new invent- invention, I think the Fosbury Flop <laughs> is the way to go. <laughs> so. well,
0: how did you practice growing up? Because for me, it was like we would, like, jump onto our trampoline like that, and that seemed really fun. Um, growing yeah. up, how did you kind of get into that, like you mentioned to but How did you practice that?
4: Yeah, so... I mean, I started in junior high and my coach was just like the school counselor, so I don't think she knew like a lot about the sport, but we did a lot of like jump squats, and I lived in Arizona and we had a pool too and like I loved swimming, so sometimes I would get in my pool and do like kind of like backflips underwater. (laughs)
1: Coach Robison, the the Jumps coach, is retiring at the end of the season. Um, Been there for 30 years at BYU. What what has he meant to you and this program?
4: Definitely, yeah. Ravi has impacted, like, everyone on the team. Like, anyone, everyone he makes contact with. um, Yeah, he's definitely been the best example to me of what it means to love those around him. Just traveling with him these past four years like anywhere we go doesn't matter like what meet he always finds. Coaches and athletes that he knows and gives a big hug to like yesterday, we went to the track and he was like talking to some guy that i've never seen before, but he's just really good at building relationships and keeping up those connections.
0: And certainly, uh, you know, the son of Clarence, the, the name of Robison uh, track, which is pretty notable in BYU history. Well, best of luck with everything. Um, enjoy that process in, in Sacramento. I don't know what you're going to do until Saturday. Um, but uh, on Saturday, dial it in, and then we look forward to uh, seeing you at the Outdoor Track and Field National Championships in a couple of weeks. Good luck. And here's all the karma we can give you to do your okay. best.
4: Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Sierra Tidwell often on BYU Sports Nation. She's legit man yeah. and she's part of a really really good program. BYU has been known for its running, but the overall indoor yeah. and outdoor track and field teams have increased in their abilities over the years led by people running, obviously distance there are sprinters that are better at BYU now and of course in the field. Yeah. Um we've seen uh, Ashton uh, Lunt win the national championship in javelin. Sierra is top 3 in high jump right now in the country. So it's going to be an interesting next uh, couple of weeks in track and field. Yeah,
1: this this program is is to say legit is is an understatement. This program expects greatness every year, and more times than not, they do it. Like, and you mentioned sprinter. Uh, Sierra is married to a former BYU sprinter in Ransom Alphen. Yeah,
0: so, so that's one of the best things to be Yeah, yeah exactly,
1: exactly. So, needless to say, uh, it's a very athletic
0: uh, couple. Yeah, Power there's some fun with Ransom Note that he could leave in <laughs> some. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all
1: right, if you missed any interviews, deep blues, shows, or games, you can find them on BYUSN.com or you can download the BYU TV app to get all the BYU TV sports content on demand.
0: Coming up, do you like the idea of Colorado? Potentially rejoining the Big 12, this is BYU Sports Nation. Rocky Mountain.
3: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the
0: podcast. While you're there, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, do you like the idea of Colorado rejoining the Big 12? Nathan Dunn on Twitter. Yes and no. It can't just be Colorado. We need Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, one of them to come with Colorado. Good start, though. I agree. And I think it
1: wouldn't there, there just wouldn't be one. There wouldn't just
0: be Colorado. Yeah. There would be more. But it might be the first domino, right? Colin Prisby on Twitter. Love it. Also, unpopular opinion. It will bring Utah with them. We need the Holy War.
2: I disagree it bring with you, Utah Colin.
0: With them? I disagree with you, Colin. I, if I'm Utah, I, I love and want to stay in the Pac-12. I'm suddenly the king of the league in football. By all the accounts, they player. are the
1: one leading the charge of trying to keep the Pac-12 together sure. more than any other school.
0: I, that makes total sense to me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, ben Armstrong on Twitter. If we're being honest... We try to be honest in our dealings here. Uh, I think the people that say they like it, like it only because it torpedoes the Pac-10. Way to call it the Pac-10. They are done. So, yes, add them. <laughs> there, is, there is this line of demarcation among BYU fans of the petty and vindictive against Utah. You left us. We owe you yes. nothing. In fact, we're going to be uh, try and keep you out. And the ones that want them in, that's where I sit, because I want to play that. I want to ensure that that football game happens every year as a league game. But I get the P and V part. Yeah, yeah. But I want to overcome that because I like playing Utah more than I want to be petty and vindictive against them for that reason. We need to come up with, and by we, I mean
4: the
1: Big 12. Like, the Pac-12 has the back the pack, like the hashtag. You. Need we like need a, to come up with a Big 12 version of back the pack. but. You know, because it can't be based like off a of big because you've got the Big 10 as well. Is it 12? You go with, you play off the 12. We've got to come up with something. We do
0: love the number 12. Right yes. Here,
1: we've Don't got we. to come up with something Puzzles, tribes, so that on, can so. rival back the pack so that anytime there's a Big 12 versus Pack 12 matchup, we've got those dueling. We've got, we've got to come up with something. D- those dueling banjos
0: yes, uh, exactly. of sorts. Yeah. Where, where do you stand on the Utah and the Big I want no
1: part of Utah and BYU in the, in the conference together. I've you said that wanna... many, many times. I, I'm perfectly fine. You're upset. You go, at... go your separate ways. I'm perfectly fine the rest of our lives. Why is this? I, I have no I have because no of, Because Utah left. There's, there's that. I have no want to ever play Utah again. I realize oh, I'm in the minority on that. You don't want to play I, Utah I, in anything? I could
0: not care if BYU faced Utah ever again. Oh, interesting. I feel the other way. Yeah, I, I want to play Utah and everything. I think it's fun. Yep, That's no, the funnest game on the schedule. Let them do, we'll do their thing. Time. We'll do our thing. I'm perfectly happy with that. You want to never, it, like, you drop off the kids at a neutral location. <laughs> 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 I don't even want to see your face. <laughs> Nate Crowley on Twitter is the elite voice of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Just really excited about the rivalry. Hashtag Rocky Mountain rivalry. Yeah, there we go. We're not fabricating some rivalry. Stop it. Stop <laughs> asking who's the rival going to be. It'll just It'll happen. It'll just happen.
1: That's how rivalries like take St. place. Like St. Mary's.
0: We didn't think it was going to be St. Mary's. It just happened. Today's Rising Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Best of luck and all the karma we can give to the track and field athletes as they begin NCAA, uh. Prelims in Sacramento. Fun conversation with Sierra Tidwell-Alphin. Good luck for uh, qualifying for nationals. You has got seven uh, in the top ten in their sport um, in men and women's track and field. So best of luck. Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Okay, our thanks to today's guest, Kelly Ford and Sierra Tidwell-Alphin, as we prepare and get closer to BYU in the Big 12 champ. We're about five weeks out, bro. It's happening. What are you going to be like on July 1st? Um, Giddy. Yeah? Giddy.
1: Very much. Yes. I'm also, that's the day I'm also driving to Missouri. So it's yeah, sort of that won't, it's SEC country. <laughs> that won't be. But I'll you be driving cro- through you Big Twelve Country. Through Big 12 Country exactly. into SEC Country. Yeah. All right. Conversation <laughs> continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram,
0: and Facebook. This and all of our shows on demand on BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Jerem, shout out to Matt Norman of the baseball team. How about Austin Demick? Co-player of the year, well deserved not making the WCC tournament. That's how good he was. Yes, and Cole Gamble should have been higher than honorable mention. Amen to that. Amen to that. Go Cougs.
4: Does buying a home in today's market feel impossible? At Mountain America Credit